0: Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Health Shift, the podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well-being. I'm here to help you make a shift. And please note that these discussions are not medical advice, nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatments. So let's get started. Today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Meena Kumar, Dr. Minashki Kumar, also referred to as Cosmos, is a 48-year-old proud wearer of her gray, a gender sexually fluid human, mother to an incredible 17-year-old son, a family medicine, functional medicine, and palliative care doctor at BMC BU in Boston, a love-sex relationship coach in training with Vita, a painter and a blogger. Wow, we are in for a treat today. When she's free, she enjoys hugging trees, playing the sitar, listening to a music, and dancing anywhere. In fact, she'll even embarrass anyone stopping to dance on the street. Reading, she started a book club six years ago that still meets monthly. Cooking, watching lots of TV and movies, and pre-pandemic traveling. She tries hard to keep her professional and personal lives intertwined so that she can be an authentic human when interacting with her patients. And the more she does that, the more she sees the folly in trying to do it otherwise. Man, I can so relate to that too. I call it life work. (laughs) Her mode of operation is to break norms, think outside the box and then smash the box and burn it. Speak up and be true to who you are. I had the pleasure of working with Mina at an integrative clinic in Boston. And since she has been in her practice in Boston, I still refer clients to her all the way from California to Boston, collaboratively working from the East Coast to the West. We are in for a real treat today, breaking down the walls for women. So welcome, Mina.
1: Thank you, Julie. It's so beautiful to be here with you. I have missed you incredibly, so I feel like I'm in a room with you. Because I know. I feel the same way. Thank
0: God for Zoom. At least we have that. Yes. Absolutely. So I want to hear your story because I knew you back as an integrative uh, Reiki healer and you know whatnot. But I want to hear your story. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, you know which part of the story? Because the story could be really long. Is there a particular part of the story that you're curious to hear? Ah... Oh. Well, specifically
0: around your work with women's health medicine and helping, helping to support them as they go through the transitions of life.
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. I think that has been a nature of my evolution as I've lived my own life, mm-hmm. being somebody who really didn't take her own personal safety into account when I got married. And then I was in a relationship with a husband who was very abusive. I When I left that marriage, and I only left it because my son was born and I needed to take care of some other human besides myself, I recognized that I did not value myself enough to have left that marriage for myself. I had to wait to be a caregiver for another person to realize that that was an unsafe situation. So once that happened... I started talking much more openly to my patients about domestic violence, about abuse, about just the whole concept of of empowerment. And that evolved as I grew, as I was connecting with my patients and I was connecting with my own life, really starting to witness how many places in life we don't give ourselves personal value. And Mm. really it's not limited to women. It's across the board with humans. And I've embraced that concept as my son has grown. One of my biggest missions has been to raise him as a conscious man, the complete opposite of his father, Mm -hmm. so that he would use his heart. He would understand the value and the beauty of having emotion and recognize the bravery and the courage in expressing it so that he could be really present for people. And he has grown into that. He's going to be 18 in five days. And I'm so proud of who he is. He's that kind of person that will hug and he will tell somebody how he actually feels Mm -hmm. and he can wear his heart on his sleeves. And the reason I'm mentioning that piece of it is it connects to the why I have gotten into this work with the love sex relationships piece of my uh, professional career is watching Neil recognizing the important lessons that I wanted to give him, like talking about love, sex and relationships when he was Mm -hmm. five years old, talking to him about the words penis and vagina early on so that he wouldn't have to give it a name and then have shame, Mm -hmm. giving him permission to speak up in the house and that whatever language he wanted to use was safe. So again, there wasn't shame around that. And so as he's grown, he's really connected to who he is. He doesn't carry any self-created trauma or shame that we do to ourselves a lot when we just mm-hmm. don't honor the fact that we are humans, which means a lot. Like there's imperfection, there's the recognition that all humans are born that way. And I believe our mission in life is to figure out how to be the best imperfect person that you can be, and mm-hmm. then give yourself that permission to be imperfect. So my boxes kept breaking, my walls kept breaking. And I started really opening up my voice through motherhood. And I started realizing as I was, again, growing up that I didn't want to own the stuff I was raised into. Mm Not fault of my parents, not at all. Raised into as in, as a society, the types of societal rules we had, the patriarchal influences, the colonization influences, the expectation of women to keep your feet and your legs together, women not to speak up, women to hide yourself in the corner and just say yes to everything, to allow yourself to feel small and to wait for the man to walk into that room. That's stuff I've been wanting to break down and have for my own personal self mm-hmm. in my own journey. And so in any interaction with any person I have, human, whether it's a human patient or it's a human friend or it's a human family member, or even somebody that I just barely know that I talk to on Clubhouse, that's my goal. It's always to hear that cue. I won't put myself in a position that I'm not welcome to say that. So I'm careful about giving a message somebody doesn't want to hear. But if there's an open space for me to speak this, my truth is why do you allow yourself to do ABC? Or is this making you happy? Is this what you want? And I think it's hard for people to know what they want when they've not known what they've wanted because Uh they've been basing what they want on what somebody else wants. And they haven't been given the permission to make that choice. Like even ordering food off of a menu. And it's so typical. You go to a heteronormative experience of dating. You go on a date, a man sits there and says, I'll order for you. You don't even give the permission to make that choice. So I think that's why my work around this love-sex-relationships coaching is so important. It's so much more than love, sex, and relationships. It's really about owning your person. And I am looking at myself more as a Mm non-binary, as I'm myself growing from being sexually fluid and then gender-fluid. In the last say four months, I've really been exploring how I feel in my body, giving it a binary. And I don't know if I connect so much with having to carry that binary anymore. So mm-hmm. I use she and they pronouns. And the reason I mention that is I think it's important for me to say when, I say, when I say female empowerment, I really am talking about human empowerment because I wanna acknowledge there's a really large group of people who aren't in the binary. Who deserve to hear this Mm -hmm. message? Yes, and that everybody needs to be able to recognize who they are and what's important to them. I hope I answered your question.
0: Ah, no, that's absolutely wonderful. You know, when I first moved here to San Diego, I was working with a physician um, who had a very, very large population of um, of gay, lesbian, and uh, you know, those who were changing genders. So. Loved, loved, loved working with these people because of the stigma that they've had to carry and the shame and the guilt and all of that and and really helping them to just peel the onion. You know, it it wasn't just about the nutrition piece. I mean, that was maybe the entree into it, Uh, but it was really about seeing them as a whole person. And I, I love the fact that you you brought up about Neil. Neil is just the sweetest little guy. I remember him when he was little. Not Now that he's <laughs> going to be an adult, and my goodness, that's hard to believe. Um, but this really, as, as much as this is about women's health that we're talking about, it's really about the health of all. Because men are victims too. Men are victims mm-hmm. of the of what societal expectations are for them as well. And so sometimes they, they just don't know any better. Um, I can really relate to growing up in a family where my dad did not allow the words pregnant or sex to be even said. <laughs> right. um, I had so many hormonal issues as a, young, as a young child, and I was in the hospital for DNC at age 15. And he didn't talk to me for about a month. And I was very confused, angry, sad, didn't really understand all of the complexity of all of that until I was older. Of course, I can certainly look at what his upbringing was and understand a little bit of the pain and the trauma that he went through, but it was, it was tough. So I can really relate
1: to the women that kind of grew up in that shelter experience. Yeah. I'm so sorry you even had to go through that, Julie. That's a painful traumatic memory for you to have to work through. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's happening right now, unfortunately, still everywhere in this world. It is. Yeah. Female right to choose,
0: mm-hmm. period
1: yeah and i think yeah. it's really really important to honor that choice it is and it's 2021 like let's wake up let's let's get ourselves out of the olden ways of being and realize that we're not honoring our ancestors by not progressing Correct. Correct. And we have a number of
0: transits that we're going through here, uh, December 4th, December 18th, December 21st, and then That's into right. January. I, I don't know if you happen to know Dr. Heather Ensworth, but she's a, an astrologer and a neuropsychologist on the North Shore of Massachusetts. And she just beautifully portrayed all of these transitions, breaking down the masculinity and moving into the divine feminine. So, you know, we're right on in terms of this discussion that we're having here today.
1: I'm totally excited because, you know, we're entering our new moon tomorrow. Yes. So this is, yes, this is a, absolutely this is the juicy stuff I love to talk about. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We are connected to the universe. There's no doubt about we that. We always are. Yes, and yes. that's why I called myself Cosmos. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Be- because of that. Because it felt like it's a fluid name to represent the fact that there's no label, there's no boundary, and mm-hmm. it's as wide as the Cosmos itself is. So it allows me to be connected to everything divine.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you are working with your patients these days.
1: So I'm doing telemedicine primarily. I do still go into the clinic. I was doing a lot of COVID care last year. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the work in our COVID clinic. And I lost my functional medicine practice as a result of that. And that Uh took about nine months. And then after nine months, we realized that we needed to bring up, our patients back into their own needs beyond COVID. Sure. And then decided to do it with telemedicine and it worked beautifully because I realized that I could connect with my patients without having to have them leave their house, without mm-hmm. my having to leave the house. I, as you remember, I did telemedicine years before when visions closed and I had my own mm-hmm. practice. So I always was a promoter of working from home. The fact that we were able to do that all over the country was fabulous. So I was able to take care of patients anywhere Then I went back into the clinic about three three months ago because there was a need for regular in-person checkups, Mm -hmm. but not as much because the numbers of people that want to come in is still significantly low, at least for me with functional medicine. So I do one session in the office and then the rest of the sessions I do on telemedicine and it's working. The clinic I was at before will probably not open. So I will end up staying in the system of doing one session in and the rest of the sessions with telemedicine.
0: Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I've shared this uh, before, but um, you were you knew me around the time when I went through the leukemia and then the Lyme and then I got the staph infection. That's what really did me in that, the chemotherapy reaction uh, and whatnot. And it was one of my psychiatry colleagues at Newton Wellesley who said, why don't you start using Skype? And I'm like, oh, I love being with my patients and and I tried it. And actually one of my first clients who was also a Reiki master as well, she said,
1: your energy came through loud and clear. So I said, that's it. Okay, I'm I'm gonna Skype. <laughs> it works. You know, I originally was wondering about that too, but there's a connection that I think is more powerful because mm-hmm. there's no distraction. When you're in a room, at least when I go back and I think about it, the distraction of the telephone or the distraction of noise outside the room or the distraction of even maybe what's on the walls or what's around you or even that person's telephone, don't really allow for as much eye contact. I -hmm. have so much more eye contact with telemedicine than I ever did Mm face-to-face. Even Mm -hmm. though I was in a room with them, I feel like I'm more there for them. But I think it's also a personal experience. You can probably relate to this. So for your listeners who don't know, I incorporate functional medicine and primary care together. Mm-hmm. So I work, I work in a community health center, which it delivers all sorts of care to the population. Never had they had a functional medicine doctor. So I brought in the concept of let's integrate it into primary care. Like there's no reason for it to be separated. Mm-hmm. All I need is longer visits. I need permission. And I was given both. And it's been phenomenal. So my patients can get really interesting experiences. And I'm, I'm known as that doctor that's gonna think out of the box and talk about something that's a little bit different than maybe the normal everyday way of doing primary care. So when I was doing this on, um, on telemedicine, the benefit of being able to connect with my patients and share a screen and show them a specialty test that I'm gonna order, Mm-hmm. or to be able to educate them and get the whiteboard up and draw mm-hmm. is actually more powerful than being in that room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm able to do, this is the part that I thought you'd be able to relate to. I would be, I'm able to do ritual in between my patients because I don't have a back-to-back non-stop with patients waiting in the waiting room for me. Mm-hmm. I do have back-to-back nonstop, but I have more of a buffer because it's a telemedicine experience. I know that they're not waiting in the cold or they're not trying to park their car and then they're going to have to leave and move their car. They're at home or they're at the office and they've got some freedom. And that ritual, creating a space for myself to feel like I can connect with the patient is something that I love about coaching. I can Mm -hmm. do much more of it in coaching than I can in medicine Mm -hmm. because in coaching, I can give myself one or two clients a day. And I would have a lot of time to do ritual. So in this case, it's not as much, but it's enough. So I don't feel like I'm not fully present. I am much more present in telemedicine than I ever had been in the past. Wow, yeah, that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So in terms of
0: ritual, tell me, how, how do you
1: start each day? Ah. Um, <laughs> So my my personal day or the day before, or the ritual before I see patients? Ah, well, let's talk about both. Okay. Well, uh, my personal day is I start off with, like most people, looking at the telephone. <laughs> I will admit that, <laughs> cannot lie. Uh, and then I jump out and I have to brush my teeth and wash my face before I talk to anybody. <laughs> then I I'll wake up my you. son, <laughs> and I wake up my son multiple times because he does not wake up. He's a teen. He likes to sleep. Sure. I'll make I'll make my ultra inflamex has I have not stopped that. Started oh my goodness visions, love that stuff. I still do it every day. <laughs> that is my ritual. And I take out the stuff I make for his parfait, and then I jump in the shower. And I make my bed. I get him ready. I drive him to school. I do an affirmations an intentions room. And then I will usually, if I'm in my Instagram mode, I will post affirmations for the day or post an intention for the day. Mm-hmm. And then I'm usually that I'm home. Then I'll light, oh, and I'll always light incense in the beginning of the day. Then when I come back home, I light my candle, I light sage, I do a small ritual with that. I take a deep breath in and out, usually with some movement. And then I sit down after I make a cup of tea. It has to be my English breakfast tea with my oat milk mm-hmm. or almond milk. And I sit down where I am right now on my table, put on my lights and get ready for my day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's, Absolutely that's beautiful. how I begin it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think that whole idea of starting the day with intention and with a ritual is really important. So it's something that I definitely recommend to my clients and I have my own routine that I do as well. Yeah.
1: And you know, there's days I'll change it. There's days like I have a whole bunch of Oracle cards. I have one facing me right now, a monology deck. So I'll pull out Oracle cards or mm-hmm. there'll be a day where I will feel like doing a pleasure practice or there'll be a day where I'll want to do some mirror work. It's it's not always going to be this. I told you, this is always the routine that yep. one I just described. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like I want to sprinkle in something more interesting or more exciting, I'll do different things, too. And I think it's important to recognize that it doesn't have to be the same all the time if you don't want it to be. Or it mm-hmm. can be the same all the time if you want it to be. Sure. Journ- sure. Like journaling is a very important practice of mine. But there's days where I just I don't have the energy for it. So I give myself forgiveness to say I'm not in the mood. But yep. I know that that always makes me feel good when I can do it.
0: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Yes. Wonderful. And then on patient day. So in between your clients, um, how do you bring yourself back? Because it's a lot of, you know, as much as it's lovely being in our own space, there's also that, you know, is the technology going to work today? And what if there's a challenge? And so there's always a little bit of that apprehension in terms of uh, working with telehealth. Um, But tell me
1: how you how you take some time in between your in between your patients. So tea is the biggest thing for me. <laughs> I'm making my different cups of tea uh-huh. throughout the day. So it gets me to get up. It gets me to walk. It gets me to like, not, ge- not be connected to a device. And I'm making the tea, just the whole ritual of tea. And most cultures have some ritual around making tea, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. Uh, So that's one shaking is a big one. So I'll shake my body. If I've had a really difficult session with somebody, I have to shake. Mm I don't want to hold on to that energy. Lighting up essential oils, either in my diffuser or in a, or in a little um, oil holder with a candle, a tea light it's, or I'll actually, I have essential oils in front of me. I'll, there's a beautiful ritual that I do every Thursday morning. I put an essential oil in the center of my palm depending mm. on which one I want, and I think about something that's troubling me or something that I want to call in, and then I try to embody where I'm holding on to something, and then I try to breathe through that and see how it changes and how it manifests into something else. Love and it. That ritual, it's very powerful, like this whole idea of using our senses, our senses mm-hmm. smell and touch, and so the shaking is movement, havening touching my body or tasting that tea that's the you know the 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 taste or the essential oil which is the smell and then obviously what I'm seeing around me I think it's really important to always engage your senses and to just take a break for a second even looking around the room and find a focal point and just look at that and take a few deep breaths Yeah. yeah that's as important as walking in nature could be hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have the benefit of getting out because I'm not in a, in a home, I'm in a condo building. So for me to go outside means going downstairs, walking outside. By the time I do that, I miss my patient appointment. Of course. However, if I'm in a home, I think one of the things I would have probably be doing is stepping outside and coming mm-hmm. back in. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, it's
0: interesting. I have a very similar um, type of thing that I do with my clients as well. I have a grounding exercise. I've talked about shaking with them as well. Um, When I was doing my last yoga training back in 2014, there was a shaking song. It was about four and a half minutes and it was just hysterical. But you just get to this Indian music and you just like (laughs) shake for four minutes. And uh, it was just such great fun. But man, it just makes you feel so much better. Um, I also love using wide-angle vision. Are you familiar with that concept? Yeah. That's so wonderful, especially since we're behind computer screens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great, great, great. Wow. So in terms of your, tell us
1: a little bit more about your Vita coaching. I'm really curious about this. Oh, my God. It's so juicy. It's so amazing. So I joined this program a year and a half ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Layla Martin is a really well world-renowned, I uh, would call her love-sex relationships coach beyond. She's an educator, a sex educator. She studied in Stanford before it was cool. So she is really a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. And she's really young, but my God, is this woman incredibly powerful. So she's designed this program to educate with people that embody the concept of being female, either as transgender or as binary, or even as a non-binary, but they're still have a female identifying body. The Mm -hmm. idea being to have those types of people learn different things that are in the realm of the world of love, sex, and relationships. So that may, it starts off as relationship with yourself, Mm -hmm. recognizing the things that are maybe your triggers, the things that may be within you that may be stopping you from allowing yourself to be that full encompassed and embodied person you want to be recognizing how you can elevate yourself and how you can remove things you don't want to have in your field of life. Mm -hmm. That's one aspect. Then getting into the juiciness of what actually sex is or what it can be and what it is for different people and how you can tap into different relationships to everything under the world of sex. So that's body love. This painting behind me was inspired by the seventh chakra, which was painted right as I was entering this coaching program. So it was interesting that this was the Mm. energy I was drawing in before I even started the program. Mm -hmm. But I really find that allowing ourselves to honor this power that in india we call it shakti the kundalini the mm-hmm. energy force the life force that we all have whether you're male or female you we all have this life force so then we do a lot of work around the whole idea of releasing blocks that you could be holding on to from that had because i am a reiki master i already understood the energetic pieces of that but she'll teach mm-hmm. that concept to people that don't know that so you walk sure. away from this coaching program learning so much about the energetic system of the human body Mm. and then the idea of relationship of not just within yourself but the relationship with others and it's all sorts of relationships family dynamics dynamics with your inner child Mm -hmm. dynamics with lovers and then the idea of going outside the box like this there's so many different kinds of relationships And there are so many different types of humans and really learning about what those look like. And then whether that's on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum or not, right? Mm -hmm. So you really get access to understanding more than maybe you knew as an individual before you entered this program. And so with this, it's very intense program. We study and we read huge numbers of books and you have to do these practicums which are guided steps to be able to integrate tools and techniques Mm -hmm. one-on-one with one of the Vita sisters. And you do this throughout the full year and a half. So you end up doing hundreds of hours of practicums. So you, by the time you're done with this coaching program, you really know how to engage and how to assist somebody through very complex thoughts and feelings, or even to connect with their body, to connect with their senses to Mm. recognize that their body may be blocked you may be numb how to release that Uh, and how to come to a place where you know what your personal mission is so each one of us there's like 464 of us we're all here in different parts of the world and Mm -hmm. we all have different things we want to do and recognizing what that mission is or what that niche is and then carving that out as an actual way that you can service people Mm -hmm. and learning how to tailor and how to fine tune because being really broad sometimes doesn't really allow you to deliver the message the way you would want to deliver it Mm -hmm. that's the towards the end that's where we are right now in the stage of the program which is towards the end that's in a nutshell what we do and then in addition there's majors so you can learn how to be a tantric uh, a tantric sex coach. You could be a so c- certified tantric sex coach, certified conscious dating coach, certified relationship transformation coach, certified life transitions coach, certified uh, female empowerment coach, certified female sexuality coach, and certified male sexuality coach. So you learn. These at the addition, in addition to the general love sex relationships, you get to have the opportunity to super specialize in those if you want. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. It sounds really rich. (laughs) Amazing. And it's all done on Zoom. Of course. She's been doing this on Zoom way before the pandemic. So she was way ahead of the curve.
0: Cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we we so need to break down these walls because it's just so much divisiveness, you know, out there. In, and in, in every in
1: every
0: area. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, Instagram and Facebook are not very friendly to these types of conversations. So a lot of my fellow Vita siblings have had their Instagram accounts shut,
0: shut down, shadow sure.
1: banned, because they're saying something that's important to say. But Instagram is being run and owned by men who don't want that female voice to come out. That conversation. Want that conversation to come out, don't want to go into a place of openness, yeah. fear. Um, yeah, it's going to change. It has to, because we're not willing to back down.
0: Sure. <laughs> right? Sure. I mean,
1: you and I are having this conversation because we're not willing to back down. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Facebook and Instagram
0: are really only one place. And I think, you know, one of the things for me that's so important is to be able to continue to network amazing people together. So I'm constantly e-connecting folks. Actually, I think I e-connect you with Aliza Sherman. Um, yes. So this is how, this is how we're gonna create this new model and this new paradigm of healthcare it is not necessarily by all social media, we need it. It's there, it's not going anywhere, but it's really by these connections of saying, listen, this is something that you're struggling with. I know somebody who can support you in that arena, so. I love it, I love it,
1: yeah. You know, we forget that humans are based on community and connection. We need that, we thrive in that. Even though we may like to be alone, I love my alone time. Mm -hmm. We still need that connection of the heart with other humans. We do, we do, yeah. And animals and plants, the world, the universe, the planet. And my new
0: puppy actually, Zoe, who's just uh, 12 weeks old, she's still still napping, she hasn't yipped yet, so that's great. Oh, Mina, this has been absolutely amazing. So, what three tips do you have to offer women in this confusing healthcare world?
1: I always tell people not to be scared to say no if they don't feel like they're being heard. Mm. One of I'm the things that I think I see the most in my practice are people that are tired of going to a doctor that's not listening to them. Mm -hmm. or that's shutting them down, but they struggled to try to make that doctor hear them for several years and sometimes decades. And by the time I see them, they are already disbelievers. So it's really hard to undo that. So I think early on, if you're not being heard similar to a relationship, if you're being hurt, like walk away Mm -hmm. and recognize that there are options. So I think that's the first is to realize that you have options. Mm -hmm. Second thing, I think everybody should go into any experience with a doctor with a plan, like a plan of what I want from this appointment, why I'm there. Mm -hmm. And you may not get all of your answers from this, if you have multiple questions for an appointment, you may not get all of the answers done in an appointment, but asking for follow-ups before you leave so that you're not left without a plan. Because again, Mm -hmm. what happens a lot I see is that patients leave any kind of doctor's office and they did not know that they were supposed to follow up or they don't know what the plan is to follow up on a question that was brought up then, or they don't feel empowered to ask for answers to questions. So I think that's the second one is to go mm-hmm. in with the plan. And I think the third one, probably the most important one is know who you are. Like really ask yourself what's important to you. This is beyond healthcare. This is just as, as people, like what is important to you? What makes you unique? what do you love the most about yourself? If you had to write a description of yourself for the world, what would it be? And then really honoring all of that in yourself so you don't Mm -hmm. ever make yourself feel less than you really are, because the world is only going to give you back what you give it. So you show the world your joy or your beauty or your depth or what turns you on, and it will come to you. But to really believe in yourself,
0: yeah yeah thank you so much that is it. really 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 wise and i am so excited to have you here today and sharing your wisdom how can people connect with you
1: several ways i have an instagram account and that is pretty active doc minx d-o-c-m-i-n-x you can also find me on facebook that's a mm-hmm. longer name it's menakshi kumar so uh m-e-e-n-a-k-s-h-i-k-u-m-a-r I also am in the middle of creating my website, which will be called Cosmic Soul Coaching. You are Mm -hmm. the first to hear I love it that that is gonna (laughs) be the name. I wanted to bring Cosmos into it. So Cosmos was already taken. So I made it Cosmic Soul Coaching. I think it sounds right. Yeah. So pretty soon that will be live and there'll be all sorts of information about programming that I'll be doing and different packages and other types of events that I'll hold. So that will be an avenue in the future. I'm always available by email that people can get actually directly through Facebook and Instagram. Cause I think, no, actually they can't. Um, I don't think my email is in on that. So I would say my blog is probably the best way to send me other messages is the blog is WonderWomanSearches.com, mm-hmm. and you can read about my journey and you can also send me messages there. And then there's my email, which is kumar at gmail.com. Beautiful. To yeah. Gonna yeah. have to and check out all just, those you know, avenues. Write <laughs> to the universe and say, I want to send a message and maybe the magical. Show up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And this has just been totally awesome. Thank you so much.
0: And if you like this podcast, please rate, review, share with your friends, your family, your coworkers. I'm on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental healthcare, and you can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at juliefreemanmindfulwellness, and on Julie Freeman Functional Medicine La Jolla on YouTube. Until next time.